I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and body more important than clothes? Look at the, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. So do not worry by saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The word of the Lord. Speak to God. Thank you. So that was the scripture as read out of the Bibles that are in your pews, as you probably noted. I want to add to that scripture uh, the reading from uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, just a few verses. Four through... Uh, four, 4 through 7 of chapter 4. Where we read these words, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. So brothers and sisters in Christ, cadets, did you hear what we've been reading? I get this. Good. That's great. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be worried about anything. Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And then elsewhere, the apostle Peter writes, cast all your anxiety on him. Can you imagine? The Bible calls on us to live a worry-free, anxiety-free life. Did you hear that? 
What do you think? I'm not sure how this strikes you boys, I'll get to you in a moment, uh, but some of us who are older usually have some difficult, difficulty with such simple statements because we do worry about all kinds of things. It's part of our life, it seems. I suspect that some of your counselors were a tad worried about all of you being in the gym over the last couple of weeks with all the saws and the drills and the blades and stuff that surrounded the room as you're working on your stools. But besides the safety of others, many of us have difficulties with such statements. Do not worry. That sounds nice, but really, you say, don't, Jesus, you say, don't worry, but you don't know what I'm facing in life. Depression, poor grades in school, cancer, some other illness, a shortage of money, a hard time finding a job, understanding math, my children, my grandchildren, an uncertain future. The fact that I'm alone worries me. I worry about ever getting married or having a partner. The fact that I'm being bullied worries me. The spreading coronavirus is worrying me. The language used by and the behavior of the United States president is worrying. The distrust between nations is worrying me. The climate, changing climate, is a cause of incredible anxiety for me. What to do after high school is a source of worry. Just being in university and trying to keep up with the expectations of the professor is a source of great worry. Every time another airplane crashes, I worry about traveling. Every time there's a break-in in our city, every time I hear a drug overdose or a shooting, I get worried about my safety and so forth. And you can add all kinds of other things to that list. I know that we, as older folks, tend to worry a whole lot more than you do at your age, cadets. And sometimes we wish we could be as carefree as you seem to be. If you're honest, even at your age, there's sometimes things that cause you to worry and be anxious. Will the other boys like me, accept me? Will I have friends? And if you play organized sport, perhaps you're worried about keeping up with the others on your team or you're worried about even making the team. Maybe you're over that now because you're big guys and that's no longer part of your life, but little ones sometimes are concerned about that monster in the bed or in the closet and that noise that they hear at night in the house. Sometimes you're worried about life at home because maybe mom and dad aren't all that happy together and you're quite aware of that. Perhaps there's things at school that make you anxious or upset. Someone's picking on you, making that school bus ride a long ride or making free time at school rather difficult. Perhaps you have a hard time reading or learning the material. Maybe you have a pet, dog, cat, whatever, that's getting older and you're worried that the animal may die. There's an old saying, little children, little worries, bigger children, big worries. That's usually something that parents have to deal with, but it's true for you boys as well. When you're young, little things worry you. But the reality is when you grow older and life gets more involved, bigger things become worrisome too. So many things seem to upset us in life and cause us anxiety. And then, in the midst of all that, then along comes the Bible and along comes the Sermon on the Mount and says in an almost disciplinary way, like, knock off the worrying people. 
Do not be anxious about anything. Worrying is what pagans do. In other words, worrying seems worry seems to be all about a lack of trust in your heavenly Father. Really? Elizabeth Cheney wrote a cute little poem about this from a bird's point of view. Some of you know the little poem. It's overheard in an orchard. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and hurry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. It's cute. Gets to the point. I don't think we often really understand what the Lord is telling us in the Bible and how the Lord describes what the kingdom is all about. It so often seems to be so far removed from our experience. But remember that Jesus is speaking about how people can flourish in life. That's his desire, his goal. That's what he came for, so that people can flourish. And flourishing is seeing the broad picture of who the Lord is and of who we are in relationship to him. And who are we? We are his children. And as such, he's not about to let us alone. Those attending Dive into Doctrine are learning all about this. On the, at the Wednesday evening class, we're receiving comfort, as it were, for our anxious souls, reminding us that our God has called us, has died for us, and will hold us for all eternity. Truly flourishing means that we know that he cares for us, that he loves us, that we belong to him, body and soul, in life and in death. And when we come to the table of the Lord, as we will this morning, we're reminded of what Jesus did to make us flourish. He gave us life so that we might live and flourish. When we are anxious or worried or filled with anxiety, that doesn't help us to flourish in any way. Those who suffer from worry and anxiety know firsthand that they're not flourishing in those times. You know, as I was preparing for this message and thinking about worrying, a song came to mind, and I know that I'm old, I get that. It was a song released back in 1988, and it was made famous by a singer by the name of Bob Marley. Some of you know him. And 1988 was a long time before you boys, any of you guys were born, but maybe you've heard the song anyway, from parents and others. It talks about worrying, and it offers a couple of simple solutions of sorts to worry. One that may be a tad helpful, at least it offers us some good advice, some direction, and the one piece of advice that's not helpful at all. Those of us who are older remember the song. Remember, I'm not going to start whistling, but you know this song, right? There we go. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry, be happy. The landlord says your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Ha, ha, ha. 
be happy. I give you my phone number. When you're worried, call me. I make you happy. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no gal to make you smile. But don't worry, be happy. Because when you worry, your face will frown. And that will bring everybody down. So don't worry, be happy. Now there, now there, this song I wrote, I hope you learned it note for note, like good children, like good little children. Don't worry, be happy, listen to what I say. In your life, expect some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy, be happy now. Don't worry, don't do it, be happy. Put a smile on your face, bring everybody down like, don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry, it will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry, be happy. I'm not worried. Okay, now you start whistling the song, right? Some of you remember that really, really well. What a flippant, trite little song. Don't worry, be happy, put a smile on your face, because when you frown, you take the whole world down with you. And what's the song's solution to worry? I give you my phone number. When you're worried, call me, I make you happy. The writer had one good idea, at least he was heading in a little bit of a right direction. Share your worries with him and they'll be lighter and he'll make you happy. The only trouble is Bob Marley is dead. And so we can't call him. So maybe we're not gonna be happy. So much for that. So what do we do? Well, if we, can't call Bob, if we can't call Bob Marley to get rid of our worries and be happy, then who do we call? How about a family member? How about a friend? How about using the Congregational Assistance Program, the CAP program, which offers Christian counseling, and there are doctors and professionals all around who can help us with our anxiety and worry and fear. And if you're struggling, please do reach out and call for help. I know it's not always easy. It's really tough to get to that point, but please do seek help. There are solutions and ways of coping with our worry and anxiety. There are ways of coping with things that strangle us, which gets to the word anxious and worry. That's always a good first step. But flourishing as one of God's children is far beyond just talking with others or seeking professional help or going to the deacons for help. It's far beyond just putting on a happy face because what's, that's really quite phony. Outward appearances don't always tell what's going on on the inside. Flourishing as Jesus speaks about it in the Sermon on the Mount all starts with knowing who we are in Christ and the Bible tells us that we can share our worries and everything else for that matter with the Lord Jesus, the living Lord Jesus. In Philippians 4, verse 6, the apostle says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In other words, talk to God. Talk to the Lord, the very one who wants us to flourish. Like you spend time talking to your friends and your mom and dad, so spend time talking with God. That's what prayer is all about. Simple conversation about everyday things. Hi, God. It's me. 
your theme for the year. And I hope that you as cadets have been talking about and spending some time in prayer this year. And I know that sometimes prayer is considered difficult to do because people figure they need to say all the correct things and use all sorts of religious language. But really, prayer is simply having a conversation with the Lord. He speaks to us through the Bible as we heard him speak today. And we speak with him through prayer. And in the Bible, we hear God telling us that he loves us so much so, in fact, that he sent his son Jesus to die for us and to forgive us all of our sins, which is what we're reminded of in the Lord's Supper. In the Bible, God tells us, you are my children, and this is my covenant that I make with you. And no matter what can happen to you in life, no matter what you have to face, you're never out of my hands. I hold on to you. You're mine. You belong to me. And then in prayer, we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us, loving me as your child. Thank you for holding me tight and for being, providing a secure place a place that allows me to live my life without really worrying because I know ultimately I'm in your hands. Lord, let me tell you about my day. God loves it when we talk with him. Like any parent loves it when their children talk with them. But he wants conversation. Like any parent wants conversation. You know, little news blurps really don't build much of a relationship. They don't really build much uh, communication or much love or much anything of anything. So, for example, how was your day? Good. How was school? Okay. Did you have fun at cadets? Yes. Did you learn anything? Yep. Did you like the snack? Nope. Did you do anything interesting? Nope. Did you lose a finger using a saw? Nope. Had those conversations, those kinds of conversations? Some parents are nodding, going, yep, we've had those kind of conversations. Boring or what, right? No information at all. Well, when you're in a relationship with someone, you want to talk to that person and you want to tell all. So tell God all in prayer. That's okay. You may do that. He's expecting that. He's our father. And it's really not difficult. And so if you have no idea what to say, just start saying something like, Hi, Lord. It's me. I'm supposed to talk with you because I'm supposed to be praying. At least that's what I'm told I'm supposed to do as one of your children. But I have really no idea what to say. Well, just starting like that, you're already praying because you're talking to the Lord. In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Remember to give thanks. So often our prayers are, bless this food, give us good weather, give us a safe trip home, help me pass the test, may my friends accept me, heal me, let me have a good time with cadets, don't let us allow us to lose any fingers, do, please do this, please do that. 
that's no different than any other boring conversation. When Jesus taught us about prayer, he told us that such praying really is like babbling like pagans do. Do not be like them, said Jesus, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then Jesus taught the words of the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that begins with the Lord and then somewhere along the line, way later, includes our needs. Give us our daily bread, forgive us, deliver us from the evil one. Remember who we are in relationship to God as the Sermon on the Mount teaches. We are his children, and he doesn't want his children reading a grocery list of needs. He wants his children to talk with him, to confide in him. Children who say, Daddy, Abba, Father, thanks for making me your child. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for knowing me. Thanks for Jesus. Thanks for life. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for me. Thanks for making this beautiful world. And now let me tell you, Dad, what I'm busy with. Let me tell you what excites me. Allow me to tell you what makes me sad. Lord, I'm angry with you because you don't seem to stop the things that hurt me. God, where are you? How come my life doesn't change? What's up? Lord, there are some things that worry me, but I don't know if I can share them with you, my dad. But I can share them with you because you are my dad. And because I can share them with you, Lord, I can have a good night's sleep. Because I know, Lord, that you can handle the things that I hold in my head and in my heart a whole lot better than I can. And you're God, and I'm just a little person, a child, your child. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. That's prayer. And you can do that in multiple ways. You can do it with your eyes open. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're walking. You can do it sitting on your knees. You can do it through a prayer labyrinth. You can do it in all multiple different ways that you can talk with the Lord. And when you pray in such a way, with faith, with an understanding that we serve a risen, living Lord who hears us and who answers us, well, not always, as we expect or when we expect, but do who does answer us, then we indeed can place all things in his hands. And said the Apostle Paul, when we place everything in his hands, just hand it over, then the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As an old Christian hymn put it, oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Indeed. But when we come to understand who we are in Christ, when we know to whom we belong, we flourish. I know this is really tough to hear about because we're so human and we do worry. And so we pray, Lord, come quickly. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's God's promise to us, his children, those who belong to him. Amen. Father in heaven, as we hear about not worrying, some of us are perhaps feeling guilty that we do worry. Or some of us are thinking that this is much too simplistic because we really struggle. And worry and anxiety and fear are, are, are very, very real. You want us to flourish as your children. And so you basically say to us, cast all your cares on me. I can handle them. It's okay. Be focused on me. Your Lord and your King. Help us to do that. Help us to be able to do that. And so to truly flourish as you would have us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.